in today's show. I'm looking at the fantasy basketball waiver wire, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we are available on all platforms. Let's talk waiver wire. In fact, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Start with the most added players. Number one on that list is the Duck, Luke Kennard. He has been playing well. I'm guessing some of that is to stream in for today's action where he plays on Sunday. But he's playing well. But we've seen this before. Canard will have little hot stretches. He'll hit his shots really well. But he is really concentrated in being a points and threes guy with good free throw percentage on low volume. And at times, the usage in minutes can wax and wane. The percentages can change. Look, for sure, he is worth a, worth a try. Like if you had his teammate, Nick Batum, I'd probably try and, and get use Canard in there instead. But I think there's going to be a lot of iffiness with the ups and downs of what he does. And with so many of these guys that you add at this point in the season, um, with a couple of exceptions, they're going to be players that you add, but does it, ha- it makes, has to make sense for your team. It has to make sense for your team in terms of what you need category-wise. Points leagues, that part doesn't matter. But it also has to make sense in your team in terms of um, schedule. What's the player's schedule? How does the player schedule into your current team schedule? Do you get to play them enough times? Are there enough opportunities for them to be in your active lineup? That's what you need to be paying attention to with any one of these ads, especially when a guy can fluctuate between 180th and 110th. Like 110th guys not a must roster. Top 80, sure. And we'll talk must roster guys later on. But when we're looking at guys to add in, we've got to make sure it makes sense and fits on our team. The first of our two T-mans is Trey Man. Trey Man, the last two games from him have been really, really impressive. The games prior to that, have not been quite as good. The thing we have to watch for is that the last two games from Trey Mann have both been without Lou Dort, and one of those has been without Josh Giddy. And we're going to see it again today without Josh Giddy. So he's been putting up some interesting numbers for sure. In fact, over the last four games, he's averaging 22 points with two steals. That is coming on 24 usage. It's coming by shooting 49 from the field when he's only shooting 39 during the season. He's hitting his twos at a higher rate, and the minutes are way up. I'm not, I'm not convinced that he's going to be a f- almost 50% shooter when he is under 40 for the season. In fact, I'm very, very far from convinced. It's a four-game hot streak. But I don't. If you want to add him, there's absolutely no problem with that. Like a guy that's been top 50 since the All-Star break, that's good. Again, it's on situations that have benefited him by having more shots, more minutes, without Giddy, without Dort, and without a bunch of other guys. To be honest, Kendrick Williams has been out as well. And he's taken full advantage of that. But he also had plenty of opportunity before that. 
He's still been playing over the last 24 games, 25 minutes, and he's ranked 243rd. So it's not that it's... Yes, he's playing more minutes now, but it's that that standard thing that we talk about. More minutes, bump up a huge level in efficiency. He's got to the line a lot more as well, and he's taken on more usage in more minutes. And all those things lead to a little little bump. Not a bad ad. Isaiah Hartenstein's an interesting one. I really think he's an, a really solid player and a potential fantasy stud in the right circumstance. And we've been dicked around with it all season. But the last two games, he's put up big numbers. Big minutes, outplaying Ivica Zubats. But I don't trust it long-term. I don't trust that he's going to play 25 minutes a night long-term. If he did, he's a guaranteed must-roster player. There is no question about that. But if he goes and plays 16, he's not. There is absolutely nothing wrong with having a grab of Hartenstein and saying, well, maybe, maybe the Clippers are going to just run him and Zubats and play them equal, if not more minutes to Hartenstein. Maybe. Like, what do you lose? You lose an ad with a potential upside of a top 60, 70 player. The likelihood of it happening is low. I think the likelihood of it happening actually with Hartenstein is maybe a little bit higher than it is, say, with Elper and Shingun, just because of the, you know, the players ahead of either one there. But... The last two games have been brilliant. They're showcasing what he does. But that doesn't mean that Ty Lue is going to continue with that. Daniel Gafford's been one of the most added players. Rightfully so. He has taken the starting job back off Thomas Bryant. Again, rightfully so. It was ridiculous that they benched him and took him out of the rotation entirely prior to the trade deadline. Oh, so you could bump up the value of Montrez Harrell so you could get... So let me just check. Uh, Ish Smith back. Yeah. All right. What a value bump that was. Um, so Gafford's back starting, but the big unknown here is Kristaps Porzingis. Because Porzingis, who of course was healthy two weeks ago and ready to play, yet mysteriously hasn't played. I'm not sure what's happened there. Well, just, you know, sometimes stuff just happens, doesn't it? You just never know. Um, with Porzingis out, Gafford is a 12-team lead player and a must-roster player. If Porzingis plays, do they play Porzingis at the four and push Kuzma to the three? Kuzma, who's legitimately their best player at the moment. Or do they play Porzingis at the five and Gafford comes off the bench? That'll dick his value completely. But I think, I think you have to grab him. Jay Crowder has been added in a lot of spots. And I think that's just for the streaming value of him today. Although, to be fair, he's been really good the last two games. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Now I'm recording this before their game on Sunday. So he's just as likely to have three points on seven shots with, you know, one triple and two rebounds and, you know, live up to the moniker. So I don't mind him as a stream. He's totally fine to have in a 12-team league. I just wouldn't be tripping over my dick to get him. Great game from Dwight Howard yesterday, starting alongside LeBron with Anthony Davis out. I don't think we trust that from um, Dwight at all, but at least Frank Vogel has realized that Dwight is the better player than DeAndre Jordan. And if he gets 20 minutes a night, there is some value in Dwighty. It's not supreme value, but there is a back-to-back and he's playing today. Um... Really, really good numbers from him at, at the well, in that one game. I think we have to look at Alec Burks as an ad. Alec Burke. He didn't do particularly well in the game on Sunday. But again, the starting spot is his. Derek Rose is out for at least a couple more weeks. Kemba's done. Quickly's not taking the spot. I think we've got to look at him. Most added players. These ones are, ov- I think, well, this one's obvious. Isaiah Jackson is a must-roster player across all formats, I believe. Yes, he only played 23 minutes in his first game. We'll see what happens in Sunday's action, but he's got to be rostered. Uh, Terrence Mann, there will be ups and downs. He's not that good, but he is getting good volume and he's playing well. There are going to be yeah, blips in this, 
And he's going to have some issues for sure, but he's got to be rostered, I think. And Jalen Green is one of the most added players. He's starting to look good. And I don't mind, again, much like with the Hartenstein, like taking a flyer on someone who there is maybe, maybe there's top 75 player in there down the stretch here. Maybe he averages 20 points on 46%. That'd get him there. All right, that's possible. So take a flyer. Things are trending in the right direction. You don't want to do it before he gets um, too crazy, before the numbers go too high. I don't mind taking a grab, sitting on it for a week and seeing if the consistency gets there. It might not, but I don't mind because we know the opportunity is going to be there. I don't mind having a crack there and just seeing what goes on. But I also want to have a crack at a delicious Bilt Bar. I've had cracks at Bilt Bars. They're bloody brilliant. They taste so good. Like, why would I reach for a candy bar when me and my fat ass over here is putting on weight? I don't want to get a candy bar. I want to get a Bilt Bar because they are low in carbs, low in fat, low in calories, low in sugar, but high in protein, 17 grams in most bars. Plus, they've got their puffs, the marshmallowy goodness of a puff. It's protein-infused marshmallow. I know you've never even imagined that was possible, but here it is in Built Bar form. So many great flavors as well, whether that's cookies or cream, coconut, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, orange, raspberry, strawberry, plus special edition ones they chuck out there all the time. So head to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and save yourself 15% off your order of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at some droppable players. The top bunch of these guys, and I've changed this here a little bit. The guys at the top of that list are the most dropped players on Yahoo. The, the italicized players down the bottom are guys that I think you can drop. I'll talk about these individual droppable players here, uh, or the guys have been dropped. Denny Avdi has been dropped in a lot of spots. I wouldn't have done that. I would have held... Uh, Denny last game was really poor. I think he's still worth a hold in 12-team leagues. I know people have lost patience after one game because he doesn't have the track record of being great. I would have held on to him. Davion Mitchell, he was dropped after last game, and that is absolutely fine. Get that garbage out of here! Davion Mitchell had a nice little stretch where he played 35 minutes a night when Fox was out and was next to Halliburton. He was getting a lot of usage, and things were looking all right. But if you're going to play under 30 minutes a night, you're not the most fantasy-friendly player in the world anyway because of bad percentages, low rebounds. Like, you can be a steal specialist, and now you're losing minutes to Jeremy Lamb, DiVincenzo, and Justin Holiday. Absolutely no chance that I would want him in 10, 12, or 14 team leagues. Bye-bye. See you later. Cam Thomas being dropped. Yep, makes sense. Like, Kyrie played last game, and, and that hurt Thomas, but Durant's going to be back in a game or two. Dragic is there. Thomas was an interesting stream for points. He was putting up some okay numbers, but that opportunity, as we've said all along, it's just not going to be there when these other players are around. Brandon Clark got dropped. I would, not a good game from Clark last time with a poke in the eye. I don't know why he was dropped. That makes no sense. Please go and add him. The Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! Yes, he struggled yesterday. But as long as John Collins is out, Gallinari is a 12-team lead player. Too hasty on the drop. Paddy Mills was dropped. Well, that should have happened weeks, if not months ago. Been talking about that as a drop for a long time. And yes, yes, he should have been dropped. Now, these are guys that I see rostered in a lot of leagues that don't need to be. Or in my opinion, don't need to be. And LaMarcus Aldridge, it's just too iffy. There's Drummond, there's Aldridge, there's Griffin, there's Claxton. Aldridge can have the occasional good game, but I don't. I just don't think that he's must roster. I don't think you have to drop him. Like, if I had Davion Mitchell, I'd be dropping him ahead of LaMarcus Aldridge pretty clearly. Cam Thomas, see you later. Patty Mills, no worries. But I don't think you need to hold on to Aldridge. I'll talk, I've got injured players there. I'll talk about that in a sec. Chris Boucher, no. I, I know that Ananobi's out, 
but they're going with a Chua, there's Birch. And Boucher's permanent numbers aren't as good as they used to be. I think he's expendable, and absolutely, Dennis Schroeder is not someone I'd be holding on to. I know I'm much more down on Schroeder than most people. I just don't know why, and I was proven wrong last game, because they decided to play him a lot of minutes, which makes zero sense at all. But I don't know why they would continue to do that, and I wouldn't bother holding on to him. And I said injured players here, and that's going to encompass a bunch of guys. Paul George. Again, we're at fantasy playoff time. We're right here. The fact that we didn't get the news that, hey, the MRI was good and he's ready to go is troubling. Oh, he needs a little bit more time. You can't hold. Again, if you've got open IL slots, none of this matters. You just keep him there. But Paul George, you can drop him. Anthony Davis, we're talking four weeks. See you later. Chris Paul, you drop him. Norman Powell, you drop him. Miles Turner's iffy, but you might need to drop. Draymond Green, I think he's a drop. Lonzo Ball, really hard to be holding. I don't know why you've still held him this long. Really hard to hold. Ben Simmons, I don't know what the hell's going on with Ben Simmons. I would be less inclined to drop him because he could play in a game or two. But you've got to start to consider that. Um, who else? OG Ananobi, I'd like a little bit of an update there before I drop him. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be dropping him at this point, but I'd like an update. Gordon Haywood, maybe he needs to go. Yusuf Nurkic, he's a drop. Dylan Brooks, we don't have an update, but he's not good enough to hold on if you need the roster spot. See you later. Um... Yeah, Cameron Payne, still injured. I thought there was an opportunity. Well, there is an opportunity here for him, but if the wrist is still bothering him, you might just need to drop him and get someone else. The yokai Jonathan Isaac, what are you doing holding on? Zion Williamson, see you later. The headmaster, bye-bye. I wouldn't be bothered holding on to any of these guys. Derek Rose, I wouldn't bother with. Michael Porter Jr., I wouldn't bother with. Injured players, you've got to start to make decisions on these guys, and now is the time to do it. But now is also the time to get to betonline.net because basketball, it's full steam ahead for pro and college hoops and for all your latest odds, totals, and player performance props. Betonline.net is your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Betonline remains the best spot for all of your sports spores, not spores, scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Betonline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go through must roster players now. These are guys, again, that in category leagues and points leagues, I'll tell you when there's a differentiation that I think, or not I think, I see them rostered in under 50% on either Yahoo or on ESPN, and they need to be on a roster because they're like top 100 players. Jumra Kiki, you got to roster him. Please go and add him. Got to do it. Isaiah Jackson. Should be really straightforward, but these two guys are available in tons of spots. They are must roster in all formats. Justice Winslow, I know he's dealing with this uh, weird Achilles soreness thing now. Shout out Eric Bledsoe, but I think he's got to be on a roster. Patrick Beverly, he's got to be on a roster as well. Now those four are all category and points league guys, and I know someone like oh Patrick Beverly, mate, your mate played 19 minutes the last game. Fucking good, good must roster. Yeah, he, uh, I think he fouled out. Like he had like five or six fouls in that time. And that's just what happens. But yes, he is a must roster player. Daniel Gafford and Jackson Hayes I've got there. In a category league, I would, I would consider them must roster. In a points league, I would not. They are fringe points league guys. They are must roster category league guys. And then Devin Vassell is in the mix for both of those formats as well. He is a must roster in points and category leagues. Lastly, some other names that are worth mentioning. I'm not going to do upside grabs now because we're at the end of the season. We're six weeks or seven weeks to go. 
we're not really upside stashing anymore. We need to bloody get things going, don't we? So yeah, the standard ones are going to be there. Who can get an opportunity? Who's going to see minutes if there's if things happen to guys like Eric Gordon or Alp or not Alper and Shingun? Shingun's the guy that can step up. Yeah, Josh Christopher, just watching those scenarios. But we're not going to talk about that now. We're going to talk about just some other names. Bruce Brown's playing really well. And again, one of those things I talked about on a show last week, if you follow local beat reporters and local writers, oh man, Bruce Brown's killing it. Look what he's doing, man. It's so awesome. And then they'll just throw a little stat in. Yeah, he's doing this. He's shooting 50% from three. And you go, all right, cool. That has no chance of sticking. So therefore, what he's currently doing, and this happens a lot, the shots go in for a player and the coach goes, holy shit, you're making a lot of shots. Let's play you more. And nobody, literally nobody, is a 50% three-point shooter, especially not Bruce Brown. So when that goes back to 32 or 29, where do the minutes go? And then Durant filters in and Kyrie plays whatever games he plays. And then Simmons eventually is back. And where does Bruce Brown fit? Not on a 12-team roster, that's for sure. A couple of names that I mentioned here because yeah, we've got update news on them. Victor Oladipo could be returning in a couple of weeks. No, we're not adding him in 10 or 12 or 14-team leagues. The dude hasn't played in a year. He's got to try and steal minutes away from Hero or Lowry. Gabe Vincent and you know, Duncan Robinson and Max Struess, all those guys are there, but they're all useful enough. And let's be honest, Victor Oladipo, last time he played, was bad. Injury-related, sure. But he's, I don't think he's going to be worth holding on to, waiting for him to come back, waiting for him to ramp up, and waiting for him maybe to find enough of a share of the offense to be his. Like, no, I don't think so. And the same goes for Markel Fultz. I know he's been added in a lot of spots on Yahoo Leagues. I know that he has the appeal of being the number one overall pick a few years ago. But I do not think that Markel Fultz is coming in and taking the starting job away from Cole Anthony or the shooting guard spot away from Jalen Suggs. I think what could happen is they both lose a couple of minutes. Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, and RJ Hampton lose a lot. And by the time we hit the 25th of March, Fultz is coming back this week, by the way. By the time we hit the 25th of March in two to three weeks' time, in three weeks' time, Fultz is playing 21 minutes a night. But in the category league especially, Michael Fultz is not a particularly good player. And he needs big usage and 30-plus minutes to get there. And I don't think either of those things are happening. In a points league, it's a little bit different. And if you're in a 16-teamer, you take a flyer, maybe even in 14. But I just don't see a bloke coming back from ACL who's not a superstar or even a star or even a good player. He's a player with some potential that they're going to be saying, well, yeah, you get everything you want. Because it's very, very obvious to me. Ob obvious is the wrong word. But I look at that and go, well, what's what's here to tell me that Suggs is, a bit, is worse than Fultz? Nothing. Like, is Suggs a better prospect than Fultz? At the moment, yes. Is Cole Anthony a better prospect than Fultz? Yes. So why would the Magic prioritize a bloke off an ACL injury um, ahead of those two guys? I, I don't think he will. He'll get some minutes, for sure. But I just don't think it's going to be enough. Brandon Goodwin. As long as Rondo, or sorry, as long as Garland remains out, because Rondo is going to be out longer, um, Goodwin's worth adding in 12-team leagues. Thomas Sadoransky. A lot of people ask me, hey, does that mean that he's going to start? Is he an ad? No. I don't think so. Sadoransky has actually, and I've been a big fan of Thomas Sadoransky, the last two seasons, he's been quite bad, like really bad. And Hal Neto and Ish Smith are not good, but I'd say they're both better than Sadoransky at this point. What I think it most likely does is lead to a messy three-point guard situation in uh, in Washington and probably hurts the value of Neto, who is the guy that's at the top there. But I don't think we're adding Sadoransky anywhere. Isaiah Roby is interesting. He's got some value at the moment, but the Thunder rotation is a bit weird. Jared Vanderbilt Bar has been asked a lot of questions. If you're in a points league, I think you can drop Vanderbilt. If you're in a 10 team category league, I think you can drop him. I think in a 12 team league, you can consider it as well. His upside is not super high. Like he was putting up nice top 90, top 80 numbers for a big stretch. That has dropped off pretty considerably. In most 12 team cases, I would hold him 
category leagues. But points, bye. See you later. 10 team, uh, no problem. Carmelo Anthony, I think he's worth a 12-team league ad. With Anthony Davis out, he's going to get minutes, he's going to get shots, he's going to score well. I think he is a 12-team league player. And then the other name there is Jalen Smith, who is getting backup center minutes behind Jackson ahead of Goga, backup power forward minutes behind O'Shea Brissett, and probably is at least a fringe 12-team league option. And that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Hey, check it out. I did a, uh, a sneaker unboxing video for some Dark Marina Blue Dunk Lows. You can see it's on the uh, YouTube Shorts. It's on Instagram Reels. Check that out. You can see my new storage wall for the shoes there as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.